Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Visit FABNT.com for details. Member FDIC. Bo Whittle! Bo! Bo! He's a Friday night touchdown star all the way to the end zone to make it 20 to 6. Steve Sullivan on Out of Bounds is brought to you by Double B's. It's where you gas it, grab it, and go. It's Double B's. Steve Sullivan of KATV, what is going on, my man? I'm waiting for you to say, what a beautiful day it is out. It's not. It's, it's foggy. and it's... <laughs> <laughs> The good news, Mutt is in town, and uh, Mike Neighbors is making his way uh, down the highway, and uh, all things are good this weekend. Hey, Sully, before we get into uh, Razorbacks, we got plenty to talk about there. We got through high school football championships last weekend. Were there any surprises that came out of any of those games over the past couple of weeks? I was happily surprised that uh, Robinson kicked Shiloh's butt again. <laughs> they were the only private school to lose. And uh, I think the big surprise, and, and kudos to Bryant, uh, Fayetteville played their best game of the season, I thought. They really pushed Bryant. And Bryant had to make some championship plays to win title number four. And uh, oh, what a compelling game. And you really want that, your, your top classification. Even Buck James mentioned in past years he, he was brutally honest he said he'd tell his kids if we play our game we're going to win the championship and this year that wasn't the case i mean they had to perform he felt they were lucky to get by conway and they you know they beat them on the, in the last seconds and they had a few must make fourth downs so they had one must make fourth down and you're done against Fayetteville, and uh, the champs came through but i thought those games were uh, kind of the most uh, surprising to me well, Sully, moving to the Razorback men's and women's basketball team that will be playing in North Little Rock tomorrow. Like, listen, I thought about this on the show yesterday where it's like we know that Arkansas football coming to War Memorial Stadium is special. There will be people showing up there. And we know that when Razorback baseball comes down, there will be people showing up there. But there seems to be something uniquely special and energized about when the basketball team comes down to Little Rock to play at Simmons Bank Arena. It just seems like there's an energy, there's an atmosphere. It doesn't matter who they're playing. It's going to be a sellout, and it's going to be wild there. Like, I just think that as far as all the games, Razorback games at least, that get played here in the central Arkansas area, the basketball side of things may be my favorite one. Yeah, I think baseball, too. They've played some really bad teams in baseball, <laughs> and, and they've sold out, and they've had big crowds. But it's just a different energy in the arena and and you got a team now, you know, Moss has got this thing, you know, he hit, he hit the up button and we're not stopping, man. We're, the expectations are through the roof. And I don't think anybody anticipated the lead eight in year two. And now this year, you know, a great start. And uh, unfortunately, many fans tend to be, as Pat Bradley would say, prisoners of the moment. And, and their, their last memory of hog basketball is, you know, must get tossed and hogs get beat by 22. Well, it wasn't really a 22-point game, but they did – Final score was 22 at Oklahoma. But, uh, hey, big picture with all the new pieces and who they lost. Think about how good Justin Smith, Jalen Tate, and Moses Moody were. The meat, the minute eaters they were. And how good they were on both ends of the floor. And we have just, uh, you know, as, as, as our special is named tonight, they have reloaded and they're ready to rock. 
You get a chance to uh, go by the tip-off club and hear from Coach Muss and some of the things that he had to talk about. If not, uh, give us a preview to the special you have coming up and, and some of the things may, you may have talked about on there. Yeah, we have a special tonight. And what I like about Muss is, uh, and I don't care who he's talking to, uh, he, he never mails it in on an interview. I mean, he, he is uh, just engaged, uh, entertaining, and uh, he was really good. You know, and uh, he had some nuggets that were interesting. And, um, you know, it feels like this team is actually further along than last year's team in certain areas as far as attacking the hoop, getting to the free throw line and doing those things. And they do shoot the ball better in practice. In fact, they've set three-point shooting records in practice. But then again, he points out that, you know, we don't have an Isaiah Joe. We don't have a Mason Jones who can just bail you out with a shot. And uh, But he loves the expectations. And as far as his uh, temper and getting tossed out of games, uh, that's part of his DNA, and that's not changing. <laughs> that's who he is. He's a miserable loser. But it's, uh, hey, it was, you know, you, you, you seldom get a chance to, especially when you're so far away, to get a window into his world, uh, to watch him the last hour of practice, to, you know, to see him right after he's done practice. Uh, you can hear him in the background doing a promo for the game Saturday. And then, you know, he's loud and everything. He goes all in and everything. And then doing a birthday wish for someone else who's recording. And the guy is nonstop, and he's hands-on at practice. And uh, one thing uh, you know with him, you're getting all of him with this basketball team. Because he, he doesn't – I don't think he golfs. I don't think he fishes. I, I think the dude is – this is it. You know, and he is wired and – uh it was just interesting to watch. We have Jay, good piece with Jalen Williams and Devo Davis. Interesting story here. We're waiting to interview them, and they don't know we're interviewing them yet. They're just out there. But the, who would be the last two at the practice shooting around? Along with uh, KK was Devo and Jalen Williams. They spent at least an extra 30 or 35 minutes at, at practice when everyone else had left. Yeah, that's incredible. Like that, and that's that's the type of thing that you want to see, especially after having the performance that they did. And see that, Sully. That to me, that's what's going to be the interesting thing about this game too, is because I know it's Hofstra, so it's not like it's an Oklahoma team, but just to see the response, how this week of practice went, because it wasn't even like they had a quick turnaround. Because you know, in other games, they would be a play on Saturday and then play on Tuesday. Like they've had a full week to let this set in, and so that's what I'm going to be looking at is seeing. You know, not only how the team comes out and plays, but how does Muss handle the starting rotation? Does he give more guys minutes and other guys less minutes? That, to me, is going to be really fascinating in this one. Oh, I think he'll shake things up tonight. I don't know who exactly is going to start. And uh, this is a team that shoots the three very well. They average 11 threes a game. And think about this. Uh, they played Houston to overtime and almost beat Maryland. You know, this is, this is a good team and uh, a good mid-major team. And he's mentioned how you it's tough to guard the three, and he didn't blame at all on this, but when you have two bigs on the floor. So I anticipate some lineup change. And, uh, you know, and I, you got to tweak Note a little. You know, here's one thing about Note. Uh, I love the guy to begin with because he's worked on his game. He's better defensively. Uh, you know, he's better rebounding. You know, he shoots the two well, but he's killing us with his threes, you know, and not hitting the shots. And, but think about this. This guy averaged 22 minutes a game last year, and he's logging more minutes than any player in the SEC so far this year. And they, they put an incredible load on him. So maybe they do something different with him. 
You know, we got to get likes off too. You know, because likes needs to be. He's been he's been on and off, but he needs to be more of a consistent contributor offensively. And, he, and you know, the great thing I think about this team, they aren't hitting nearly on all cylinders. They're kind of misfiring here and there, and they're still nine and one. It seems to be the story of non-conference games so far with Arkansas, where they are playing these teams that shoot the ball well from three. And it almost seems like they schedule those teams purposely because when they get in the conference play, you may have to deal with it. But something that Coach Moss mentioned, that the SEC teams don't necessarily shoot the three as well as some of these non-conference teams. Yeah, maybe it's just because I'm a Razorback fan, but I feel like everybody we play shoots the three well against us, <laughs> whether they have the pass or not. You know, and uh, that's that's kind of, you know, when you're not defending the three well, it seems like, you know, even when you're there, they're hitting shots. And um, I, I think that will be an emphasis. And I, I think he's so good at addressing weaknesses, and he's had four or five days to go to it. I mean, if, if you're a part of that team or if you're around practice, you go to bed with ringing through your head is active feet and high hands. Active feet and high hands. He he is constantly, constantly after those guys. They have the hands up and the feet moving. And I mean, it's it's just. And the dude takes he takes he barely takes a breath of practice. He just keeps going and going. Yeah, I think that's the thing that uh, when he was on the zone earlier, that they asked him about. He's like, "When do you sleep?" Or you know, "How much do you actually sleep?" And of course, he kind of had a, a jokingly said, "He's just like you know, you know, I find times here and there, but." You know, going back to the point you made about him just being all basketball and all that, he was joking that he's trying to find a way to go to the bowl game. Uh, but his wife has said, let, let Hunter Yurchek know. He's like, she says that don't allow him to go there. He needs to be focusing on basketball. So it, it's like there, there's a fun element to it as well. But I think that that's what's impressed me about Eric Musselman is that he's everywhere. He's on social media. He, he's doing cameos for happy birthday wishes, all the things you mentioned but yet he's still able to focus on the right things. And I feel like that's almost a lost art in college sports because you want to be out there, you want to be recruiting, you want to be on social media, you want to do all those things, but also focusing on the most important thing at the end of the day, which, of course, is winning games. Yeah, he wants to be the best at everything. You know, he wants to win Twitter. You know, he wants to win the the videos, the cameo, whatever they are. You know, he wants to win everything he does. And and it all goes back to you got to win on the floor. And the guy has won every year. I mean, that's one thing about him. Uh, he hasn't failed in college ball. And his, you know, his formula seems you know, to work wherever he goes, Nevada or Arkansas. And, uh, um, I, I just think the guy is, you know, it, you would think, and here was my fear with him. He, is, he would seem to be such a, a driver or some, someone that just is just into every game that you may, I, I, was, I, I was worried about teams maybe burning out late in the season. But, you know, but. It, it was the flip side last year. They got, they got better as the season went on, you know, and, and um, I, I just worried about him. And, uh, and, it, and it's kind of interesting to watch for such kind of a control freak he is. He seems to give players like Note freedom. You don't see them looking over their shoulder. You see if they've got a good shot, they're going to take it. Unless Note is just running through red lights all day. <laughs> but they don't seem to be – it's kind of like the way Nolan treated Al Dillard. They never took Al Dillard out after a missed shot because they didn't want to mess with his mojo. And um, I, I just think he allows players freedom, which, which I think you know is, a, is, a, is really a good trait of his because 
you know, the guy has got his hands on everything. I mean, he, he controls everything about that program. I mean, the assistants help him, and they do their work, but this guy has his hands on everything. And you worry about a guy like that, you know, maybe wearing on a player in the season on a team. But uh, he seems to have that figured out, too. And he's been in the NBA where it's a grind, too, so that he's seen it from that side. But he's, he's, an, he's an interesting guy. The one thing about him, I don't know his end game. I have no idea what he wants to accomplish in, 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 co- in coaching. Where's, what's his end game? Is it a national championship? Does it change the way you do college basketball on Saturdays? I, I don't know. So in mentioning how this team has struggled shooting the three, now J.D. Note is a scorer, but if you had to nail down one player or a couple of players, who's the best pure shooter on this team? You know, that's hard. I, I still think Note, he's, you know, he's a streaky shooter, but when's the last time he's had a good streak? You know, that's the whole thing. <laughs> uh, you know, the best pure shooter, if you line him up, they say that Jackson Robinson is. You know, but the guy doesn't play, so you've got to pretty much X him out right now unless he gets increased minutes. I tell you what was encouraging at Oklahoma, and I don't think it's a formula for success having Debo shoot eight times, but the fact that he hit four and looks so good shooting them, squaring up, that if he's a just a mild threat from three-point range, how much better does that make Debo? And, uh, and, and I don't doubt he would improve because, if you look at his Twitter or Instagram, he spends every waking hour at the gym. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of a cool thing you want to see from your players, too. I mean, every single time, for sure. Hey, Sully, we just got a few minutes with you, but I do want to uh, shift gears a little bit and ask you about Razorback football signing day. I mean, I mean, the recruiting class shaped up lots of in-state kids going to the University of Arkansas, which, hey, anytime you can get a lot of in-state kids to be Razorbacks, that's always a good thing. You know, and I was encouraged that he said, you know, he recruited, uh, I think it was five offensive linemen. And Sam Pittman said he would have recruited every one of them at Georgia. I mean, we have massive people. Amarian Harris, he was, uh, he was posting up, in a good signing day story, he was posting up his uh, PE coach in third grade. That's how big he is. You know, and he's been 6'6", 350 or 360 since, like, ninth grade. Then you got uh, Chambly at uh, Maumel, who, you know, he's like 6'7", 280, and uh, Pittman says he has a chance to be a great one. Uh, it's just encouraging that we have, you know, guys that size in this recruiting class that, you know, you look and see that Alabama has. I think another important, you know, but we're, we're high in the recruiting rankings, but I think you've got to score, and it's just as important, in the portal. And we seem to be knocking it out of the park in the portal. You look back to last year, and um, just think of the guys that got in the portal and how much they have meant to the team. And even the year before when they got uh, you know, Franks to transfer, I mean, they have done really well in the portal. And it looks like, you know, uh, Hazelwood should be an instant contributor in the the big def- defensive end actually looks the part, so we'll see on him. But uh, they do, um, you know, they they do their homework and they've done really well because it's tough in the portal now because there's so many guys there. That, you know, you're, you're taking a chance as you know. I like what um, I like what uh, Coach Pittman says. You know, he wants to get guys that he that have done something in college, so he's kind of seen them there. You know, he doesn't want the uh, 
the 12-star high school guy that's, you know, flamed out at two schools, and he's coming your way now, and you're going to try to make him a player. You know, and I think, you know, I think he's done a good job. You know, he had, he had the MO that he was a good recruiter, and he's, he's done a great job right now. This recruiting class is highly ranked, ranked number 12 overall, and they've addressed a number of areas of need. It, or were there any other areas that Coach Pittman mentioned that were areas that need to be addressed? I think receiver, you know, and they got, uh, you know, think about it a year ago. I think the re- if you look at the root of the reason why Michael Woods transferred is because he didn't believe in K.J. Jefferson as a passer. And now you got Hazelwood leaving Oklahoma to join him. you got the kid in Fayetteville who's the best track athlete I've ever seen. You know, flipping from Oregon to Arkansas. And he's a, you know, he's not just a uh, a good Arkansas sprinter. He's a world-class track guy. I mean, he's a guy who will run track and compete for the University of Arkansas. And, he, and, he's been, and, his, and his goal is to be a great football player. So you put that combination together, and you have an instant deep threat. And uh, judging from what... Uh, Coach said they did really good in the receiver room. And I think with a guy like KJ, um, you need some great receivers. And he needs to have a big, big senior year. Or junior year, I should say. I'm, I'm, I'm escorting him out the, out the door one year early. Yeah, and well, because not only that, because you obviously talked about the receivers and the guys that they have coming back. And then you mentioned like Jalen Catalan officially announcing that he's going to be back. Still not totally sure on bumper pool. He may be one of those guys that ends up coming back as well. But you talk about how great they've done in the portal, how great they've done in recruiting. Sully, I think that they've done about as good of a job you could have for getting guys to stay. You know, guys that could move on after last year, guys to use their COVID year again. Like, to me, that's the most impressive thing is that the guys that are important, the guys that play, they keep here and they convince them to stay another year when they can move on elsewhere with their career. Yeah, just think if they got, say, Ridgeway, Poole, and Monteric Brown. Well, how would that defense look? You know, and uh, that'll be disgusting. Yes, yeah, and think of think of the, the Ridgeway to me is the most intriguing recruit because think he came from a lower division and fit in so well that a lot of schools wouldn't have taken a chance on the SEC on a guy like that. You know, they went for the football player who had the measurables in the lower division and, and hit a home run with that. But uh, you know, I think Poole's coming back. I don't see him as if his if he aspires to be a pro football player or play football after. Yeah, I'm with be you. Better I, after I think another year. Yeah, I think he's I think he's coming back too, Sully. I, I really do, and I, it's not that I have any evidence of that, but man, that'll just be so much fun. If like you said, if you got Ridgeway, your best defensive lineman back, Bumper Pool, which I'm not saying he's for sure the best, but he's definitely right up there to get him back, and then Catalan back. Monteric Brown, at least when we had Danny West on, didn't look like he's going to be coming back. But still, if you can get three key contributors in the three defensive areas, I mean, that's big time. That's big time, and I think it opens up the team uh, to do any even better things this upcoming season as well. But, so hey, man, we're up against it. We appreciate you coming on as always. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy Razorback basketball tomorrow, and I'm sure we'll be seeing there at Simmons Bank Arena. All right, buddy. You guys have a great day. All right, we will do. Appreciate it, Sully. Again, that's Steve Sullivan joining us.
on the phone lines. Thanks to Double B's, as he does every single Friday. Appreciate him hopping on. So we're up against it, though. We're going to take a commercial break. Uh, we're going to get to our picks. Nathan Monin apparently is on his way. I had to check with him because I wasn't going to allow him to get out of this. So he's going to be showing up here at Twin Peaks here in just a little bit. We'll do our picks and talk about bowl games and fun stuff, too, as we broadcast live from Twin Peaks here in Little Rock. Stay tuned, folks. More Out of Bounds coming up. I'm a dangerous man with some money in my pocket. Keep up. Pretty girls around me and they're waking up the rocket. Keep up. Why you mad? Fix your face. Ain't my fault they all be jacking. Keep up. Players only. 